On this episode of Journal Storytellers, we talked to Seth Tupper about his coverage of a little-known Water Development District Board and why it's important to cover these boards. Also, we talk about his new podcast, Mount Podmore, and how it can be the voice for political discussion in South Dakota. I'm Chris Huber, Managing Editor for the Rapid City Journal. Stay tuned for the podcast. With me today, we have Seth Tupper, Enterprise Reporter with the Rapid City Journal. Welcome back to the podcast, Seth. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So today I wanted to talk about this little-known water board here uh, in western South Dakota. Um, and it's one of these boards that wouldn't get covered without a newspaper. So talk to me a little bit about how you first got started covering the West Dakota Water Development District Board, which is a mouthful to say, and uh, why you wanted to cover them. Okay, well, this goes back actually several years, and it was 2014, I believe, when we first got a tip uh, from somebody that there was some funny business going on on the West Dakota Water Development District Board. And the tip at the time was that allegedly this um, group of local ultra-conservative uh, um, people was was plotting to take over the board. Uh, it's a publicly elected board, and they were a lot of these people were running for positions and winning them, or they were coming in in the middle of terms when other board members quit, and they were uh, getting appointed to the board. And the, the allegation was that this was basically a, a hostile takeover of this of this board. And so we didn't cover it at the time. We were in the midst of election season, covering a lot of the other stuff, and and we, we never got to it. But I kept the the tip. And then this year again, uh, I got another tip from another person who was kind of the same tip, but also had some specific information that not only has there been this alleged takeover of the board, but there has been uh, action to defund a couple of uh, stream flow gauges in the Black Hills that this board has been funding for 32 years. And the allegation that this all flowed out of this uh, plot, uh, alleged plot by by these ultra-conservative people who got on the board and, and or uh, wanted to use the board to make a political statement about government waste and spending, basically. So that's why they want to defund these stream gauges? It's because they believe that government spending is out of control? Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. There's been a lot of talk about that. And, uh, you know, it, in some cases, even more talk about that than the stream gauges themselves. Um, you know, I guess the the allegation, um, Nathan Gilvick is... is uh, one of the guys on the board who has really pushed this, and he, he spent his career apparently working in the public health system, said he witnessed a lot of government waste and said that government needs to be put on a leaner diet and forced to do the things that, that uh, the private sector does, and, and that'll result in savings. And that seems to be, um, since they're in a position to be able to impose their will on this particular situation with these stream gauges, they're, they're doing that as almost like a first stand uh, against um, this broader problem. So Okay. So what happens if people like you don't go to these board meetings and don't um, write about them or go to them as citizens and speak up and talk about yeah. these issues? Well, certainly, um, usually there aren't many people at the West Dakota Water <laughs> Development District Board meetings. Can imagine that. Yeah. Most people don't even know these things exist. They're, they're water development districts across the state and they levy taxes and it's usually only like a few bucks on a typical person's property tax bill. So people don't pay attention to them. We don't pay a lot of attention to them usually. Um, but when we got this tip, we looked into it and we wrote a story and uh, we we timed our first story to, to uh, publish right before one of the meetings at which this stream gauge funding was going to be considered. 
And then, of course, 30, about 30 people showed up at that meeting who were all of a sudden really interested in, in this board and what they were doing. And most of them wanted to save the, the funding for the stream gauges. So we don't get that tip. We don't write the story. Nobody re really knows about it. And those 30 people don't show up for the meeting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the kind of work that uh, newspapers have historically done. Uh, we're gone where other people don't go. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to keep, keep doing that. Yeah, and it's a great reminder that we we thrive on tips from the public too. Um, that's how all this reported starting or reporting started. Uh, so talk to me about the meeting last night. Um, they voted ultimately in a four four tie to defund these stream gauges, but I understand there was a, a lot of citizen backlash. So just kind of paint the scene for me from last night's meeting. Yeah. Well, to go back, uh, you know, this started in May. The board has to take two votes on any decision to spend money. So in May, the annual contract for these stream gauges came up. They have a contract with the U.S. Geological Survey, which actually operates the gauges, and the, the Water Development District contributes funds to help with that operation. So in May, uh, they had the routine vote, and they voted to approve it. I think it was six to two. And then the second vote came up in July, and as a big surprise to some on the board, the vote flipped, and the vote went against uh, the funding. So then uh, the funding was essentially dead until August when one of the proponents of the funding brought it back and the vote was 5-3 in favor of it this time. But immediately at that meeting, uh, the opponents of the board on, the, on the, uh, the faction that wants to eliminate the funding pledged to put it right back on the agenda, consider it again, and that's what happened last night. So there was a lot of intrigue around it. There was about an hour of really passionate debate. There were a lot of local... Um, uh, there were fly fishermen, there were environmentalists, there were people from uh, emergency management from the USGS who were there to argue to keep the funding. After about an hour of debate, um, one of the board members who wanted to keep the funding made a motion to approve the funding. Well, uh, there were eight members present on the board of the ninth that was gone, and it ended in a 4-4 split. And there was a bunch of confusing debate and discussion about what the tie meant and the board's parliamentarian ended up determining that uh, because the motion to approve the funding didn't get a majority, it was a failed motion. Therefore, um, no funding. <laughs> so, and the okay. funny thing was apparently if they would have, if, if the motion would have been to reject the funding and that failed on a 4-4 tie, then the previous mo motion at the last meeting to approve the funding would have stood. So it was, it was very confusing. Yeah. Uh, so because the word approve was in the motion, then right. it failed at a 4-4 tie. The motion to approve didn't get a majority, failed. And okay. that, this appears to be done because uh, everybody seems tired of fighting this at this point and wanting to move on to further things. But the next thing will be in 2018, There's I think there's four or five um, positions on the board up for public election, which will be on the, on the, on the ballot if, if, it, if it, they're contested races. Yeah. So. so do we expect more conflict on this board, or it was this kind of the big issue? <laughs> I expect there to be endless conflict on this board. There, it had been building before this, apparently. As I said, there's a, there's a belief among some that, that, that this is, again, a coordinated effort to stock this, to stack this board with like-minded people. Uh, and so, you know, that was known before, but now people have gone public with that allegation and, and they were bitterly divided over this issue and it made the dividing line clear. There's, there's five people on the board who were against this funding, uh, ultimately in the end, and, and four who were for it. And that is the clear split. It's five to four. And I, I expect them to dis disagree on a lot. And I expect there to be 
It'll be interesting to see if all this activism that showed up at the meeting last night translates into people running for these offices. Yeah. From the board members and from the people in the audience, is there a feeling that this is really about political ideology and not about stream gauges? Yeah. I mean, I think of it almost as, as, a, as a, an ideological proxy war. In other words, um, there's a faction of people on this board that have their worldview that they want to carry out and they want to reduce government spending, they want to rein in government. And, uh, you know, that's a legitimate concern in many ways, but they've, um, I guess, targeted this board as a board that's probably the easiest publicly elected board to get onto because it's, it's it, it, the district is only the portion of Pennington County west of the Cheyenne River. It's a tiny district. And then it's split up into districts within, you know, the smaller districts like wards or whatever. So it's easy to get elected to it, and it's e and once you get enough people on the board to have a majority, it's easy to, to get a victory like this. And so it's kind of like a, a baby step toward carrying out this this grander grander vision. So that seems to be what it's all about. Meanwhile, on the other side, there are people who uh, just want to fund stream gauges, and they don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> the purists, if you will, to yeah. the agenda to carry out, and they've been kind of surprised by this all. Um, but uh, it was all kind of boiled down last night. There was a, a guy on the board, Ken Moss, who turned to the audience and said, you people are all um, nearly taxed to death, every one of you, or something like that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But anyway, a bunch of people in the audience mumbled or yelled or said, no, we're not. And that was it right there. That was the whole split in a nutshell. Okay, that, yeah. um, uh, two different worldviews colliding on over this seemingly small issue. But, you know, it's a, it's a big ideological debate. Okay, thanks. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey listeners, I just wanted to remind you to please subscribe to Journal Storytellers on iTunes. You can get these great stories and more sent directly to your iPhone so you can take it on the go. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone or uh, don't want to subscribe, you can listen to Journal Storytellers on Mondays at 8.30 in the morning at rapidcityjournal.com. Also be watching for our new podcast offering, Mount Podmore, and it's Seth Tupper's going to talk about political issues that are affecting our state. Now back to the podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Seth, now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about an exciting new podcast you're going to be hosting. Uh, can you, I guess, unveil the name for us? Yeah, I guess we're going to call it Mount Podmore. Um, which obviously is a nod to both Mount Rushmore, um, which is in our part of the country here, and also a blog that used to operate under the Rapid City Journal banner called Mount Blogmore, um, in the, I guess in the two earlier in the 2000s um, by several of the reporters who were here at that time, which was in the early days of blogging. It was a very popular venue for political thought and commentary and, and reader interaction. So it's kind of a nod to that that uh, earlier iteration of, of uh, reader interaction. Absolutely. And I think there was kind of a, a, a vacuum uh, that was created when 
Mount Blogmore went away of political discussion in our state. And so we hope to be the place um, with Seth hosting and uh, bringing on exciting can or, uh, candidates and elected officials to talk about South Dakota politics. Um, so Seth, I guess, tell the people why you're qualified to host this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I think we picked the right guy. Well, uh, I've been a newspaper journalist in South Dakota since 2003, so 14 years, I guess. And uh, I've been covering politics at some level, level or another all the while. And uh, one of the first races I got to cover, statewide races, was the um, Dashiell Thune race in 2004, which I'd, I'd probably be embarrassed to go back and read my stuff from that because I was a young, green reporter. But, but it was an incredible uh, thing to get the experience of covering a, a, a U.S. Senate race that was being watched across the country and was this clash of titans and a major, major race. So... So, uh, you know, going forward from that, I've had some role in covering almost every statewide race uh, since then, ballot issues, you know, um, governor's races, uh, congressional races, yeah. uh, you name it, I'm down to local politics as we, down to water development district boards as we just discussed. Yeah. So I think one thing that's probably going to come up time and time again in your podcast is, is the governor's race this year between Jack Leonel, um and so and others, and, and others. <laughs> yeah, certainly others. Um, but uh, tell me how you're seeing that kind of shake out in the early uh, early goings of the campaign. Well, it's been really interesting. I mean, we're very early yet, obviously. Um, you know, there'll uh, there'll be primaries in June and the general election in next November, not this November, but. But it's been interesting to watch. I think um, Christine Ohm, uh, Congresswoman, starts as it started as the odds-on favorite. But uh, I think it'd be fair to say that Marty Jackley, the Attorney General, um, has been more active as a, as a campaigner on the ground. We just saw him in Rapid City. He was on a, I think it was a 10, 12, 15 city tour or something. He went on to formally kick off his campaign. So uh, we and I think the voters have been seeing a lot more of, of Marty Jackley, and that's partly an outgrowth of Christine Home being in Washington, being in Congress, and having to be out there. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I don't know if he's been able to cut into what's probably a lead for her out of the gates. Yeah. Um, and if so, what does she do in response to that? But obviously there's there's plenty of time, and uh, uh, it'll be a very interesting primary, one of the, one of the probably one of the most hotly contested primaries yeah. we've had in years in South Dakota. Yeah. And just real quickly, what, what do you think the the future of Democrats in South Dakota is they haven't won a statewide office and I don't know, you would know how many years, but it's yeah, been a while. Well, it was before I was born <laughs> when the last time that they won a governor's race, I think it was 1978, wow. and I was born in 1979. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a long, <laughs> that's a long time. They do have uh, Billy Sutton uh, running for governor right now, and he seems to have generated, uh, the positive thing I think for Democrats about him is he seems to have generated excitement from all the various factions of the party. Um, from the old standard bearers like Tim Johnson um, down to the younger, more liberal activists. He seems to be a guy that they can unite behind. Now, that said, um, there are fewer Democrats in South Dakota than Republicans, so obviously that's going to make it very difficult. And yeah. If he wins, presumably, uh, well, he'll, presumably he'll have to run against either a, a sitting congresswoman at Christie Nome or the, or the sitting attorney general in Marty Jackley, which would be exceedingly difficult. So, um, yeah. Long road ahead, huh? Long, long road ahead. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, maybe you could give our listeners just a, a couple people you see as kind of rising political stars, maybe locally and statewide. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, in the U.S. House race, you've got, you know, Dusty Johnson and Chantel Krebs, who both want to claim that mantle, I guess, Absolutely. as rising political stars. They've both been around a while and are obviously well-known in political circles, but maybe not to the general public so much. But, um, you know, Dusty Johnson is a guy who was chief of staff to Governor Dugard for a while, um, won statewide election to the Public Utilities Commission, and has worked like every, you know, annual county Republican fundraiser uh, in the state at one point or another um, has showed up or has been the MC. And so he's been angling toward this for a long time. If he wins election to the U.S. House, it could be the start of a long political uh, career and statewide office for him. But the same could be said of Chantel Krebs, who's the Secretary of State right now. Uh, if she wins that race and the Republican nomination and goes on to win the U.S. House seat. Uh, so, and then on the, on the Democratic side, we, we just talked about Billy Sutton. Um, a lot of people wonder about the future of uh, Troy Heinert, who's another sure. uh, Democrat yeah. in the legislature. Gave a very impassioned speech right. as, as here in Rapid City. We both saw he yeah. gave one of, quite honestly, one of the best you know political speeches that was uh, uh, that I've seen in a long time when he uh, yeah. gave a warm-up speech for Bernie Sanders. Better than the Sanders speech, I yeah. think. It was, yeah. <laughs> was incredibly well-received and, and got people on their feet and cheering wildly, so... Um, he showed his potential there as a, as a campaigner, uh, no doubt. So those are a couple of couple of people that come to mind. Okay, now back to the podcast. Tell me a little bit of how you see the format of those those episodes. Well, I think I, I envision it as uh, about twenty minutes of uh, conversation. And one thing I'm excited about is usually when I do an interview uh, to write a newspaper story, it's very intensely focused on one thing, and I'm trying to get answers on one topic. And uh, so it's, in, and I'm taking notes at the same time, and it's 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 uh, not the way that most people would think of a, a conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for the podcast to have it be more just an open, uh, candid conversation uh, to maybe draw people out and, and make it more of something that is enjoyable to listen to instead of just something that is, you know, geared for me to get specific information out of somebody. Sure. Yeah, just so, have a conversation. With right, and, and in the process, learn yeah. more about these people, the guests that come on, and, and uh, um, also for it to be just a, a forum, which I think we need today, uh, of just a civil uh, conversations with people in the news without yelling and shouting at each other. And, uh, that would be nice. Right. Although I may come <laughs> in and yell at you guys if I need to. There you go. Maybe they'll <laughs> guys will yell at me. I don't yeah. know, but I'll try to keep my cool. So. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, the podcast is going to be out uh, starting October 23rd, Mondays, um, and uh, it's going to be a, every third week. So uh, be sure to check that out on RapidCityJournal.com and uh, subscribe to it on iTunes also. Uh, Seth, any last plugs for the podcast or any reason why people should should really tune into these things? Uh, well, hopefully we've got an exciting guest today. We've got uh, Mark Mickelson, the Speaker of the House in the South Dakota Legislature, hopefully lined up as our as our first guest. And he's been active lately. He was going to run for governor, but decided not to, and has been active in a lot of ballot issues and controversial issues. So we'll get a chance to learn more about him and, and what he's been doing lately. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on today and talking a little bit of politics and uh, a little known waterboard. You bet. All right. Thanks. Thank mm -hmm. you.